0: Welcome to this month's special programming series, Focus on Cancer, on ReachMD XM 157. As medical providers, we hope that regular preventive checkups and screening tests can help our patients ward off disease. In the arena of cancer, is there evidence of such a benefit? And what are the implications for those patients who do not have access to regular medical care? You are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with us today is Dr. Elizabeth Ward from the American Cancer Society in the Department of Epidemiology and Surveillance Research. Dr. Ward, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be
0: here. You are co-author of an article that's getting a lot of attention in the Lancet Oncology Journal. Can you tell us about the study and what its importance is?
1: Yes. This study looked at 12 of the major cancer sites in the United States, and what it looked at was the association between insurance type and stage of diagnosis. We grouped insurance types into the major categories that you would expect, and we looked at privately insured patients, Medicaid-insured patients, patients with Medicare insurance over the age of 65, and patients with Medicaid insurance under the age of 65 because they represent a very unique group. So the primary thing we were looking at was association between insurance status and stage of diagnosis. We also looked at other variables that might influence stage of diagnosis, such as race and ethnicity and area socioeconomic status based on a patient's zip code. We found that for many of the 12 cancer sites we looked at, not for all of them, but for many, there was a strong association between insurance type and stage of diagnosis, specifically We looked at the probability of being diagnosed at stage 2 versus stage 1 for most of the cancers, and separately, we looked at the probability of being diagnosed at stage 3 or 4 versus stage 1. And as your medical audience knows, generally, the prognosis for patients diagnosed with a stage 3 or 4 cancer, which typically has spread regionally to the lymph nodes or disseminated widely through the body, is substantially worse than patients diagnosed at stage 1 or stage 2 of the cancers.
0: I found it interesting that there were certain cancers where there didn't seem to be that distinction, and those were the ones that we don't really know how to screen for very well. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. So there were a range of associations. We found the strongest associations for the two cancer sites where there are highly recommended and widely disseminated screening programs, and those were breast and colorectal cancer. We did not look at cervical cancer in this study. That's another cancer for which there's recommended screening. We also found fairly strong associations for melanoma of the skin and for cancer of the urinary bladder. And we think the explanation for those associations is those are cancers for which a patient may notice an early warning symptom for melanoma, obviously, you know, a mole with a changing appearance. For bladder cancer, typically, you know, blood in the urine or, mm-hmm. or other types of urinary symptoms. It's hard to know this for sure, but it appears very likely that, you know, if a patient notices a symptom and it's very difficult for them to see a physician and get that symptom evaluated, they may end up coming in with that symptom much later than if they have a regular health care provider who who they can just set an appointment with and get the symptom evaluated. So we think that's the explanation for those cancers. I mean, for melanoma, there is not a recommended Screening for the general population, but there is certainly education and awareness campaigns for patients to recognize early symptoms. At the other extreme, we did not see any particular association between insurance status and stage at diagnosis for ovarian or pancreatic cancer, the explanation for that I think is pretty clear as well. The early symptoms of those cancers are very nonspecific, and sometimes a patient doesn't experience any symptoms until the disease is already fairly advanced. So we wouldn't have expected to see an association with insurance status, and in fact, we didn't see it for those cancers. One of the cancers that I think was a little surprising was lung cancer because Mm -hmm. As you're, I'm sure, aware, there is no, although there are clinical trials taking place of
0: screening modalities, Uh
1: right, there's no clearly recommended screening test for lung cancer, but we did see an association between stage of diagnosis and insurance status such that patients, particularly uninsured patients, were more likely to be diagnosed at later stages. We hypothesize that, you know, the likely reason is that lung cancer early also has early but fairly nonspecific symptoms, such as a cough, Mm -hmm. and again, the hypothesis would be if you have regular access to a primary care provider, you're much more likely to go in and have something like that evaluated than if you don't have access. I should mention that there is hard evidence to show that people who don't have health insurance are much less likely to have a regular source of health care, and that evidence comes from surveys such as the National Health Interview Survey. So we actually published in a separate article data from the National Health Interview Survey which demonstrated that among patients who were uninsured, about 54% said that they had no usual source of medical care compared with only 10% of people who were privately insured. People who were uninsured were also much more likely to say that they did not get medical care due to cost, about 23% of the uninsured and about 4% of privately insured. So there really is documentation that people who are uninsured have substantial barriers to receipt of medical care.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and we are discussing the association between lack of medical insurance and stage at which cancer is diagnosed with Dr. Elizabeth Ward from the American Cancer Society. So, Dr. Ward, for things where there are established screening programs in place, and also for cancers that may provide some early symptoms. It seems that if you don't have insurance or access to care, these are diagnosed at a more advanced stage. Were there other patterns that we saw? For instance, you mentioned geography. Did this insurance association hold up in a given geographic area where some patients may have had insurance and others may not have?
1: Although we controlled for region and the analysis that the findings were not significant enough to report on separately. The one factor that we did report on in the article because it also showed a very significant impact or association with stage of diagnosis with race and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So, even in the statistical models that we're, we controlled for insurance status, for many of these cancers, we also found strong associations between later stage of diagnosis and race and ethnicity. So, for example, for both breast and colorectal cancer, especially when we looked at the association between that being diagnosed at stage 3 or 4 versus stage 1, there were associations between race and ethnicity, and later stage of diagnosis for a number of the cancers where we see strong associations with type of insurance. Some of the examples are breast cancer, melanoma of the skin, which interestingly, even though melanoma of the skin is fairly rare Mm -hmm. among blacks and Hispanics, it's much more likely to be diagnosed at later stages, even controlling for insurance status, and it may be in part due to maybe less education among those populations about the early warning signs and just even possibly a lower index of suspicion among providers. So for many of the cancers where we see associations with insurance status, we also see associations with race and ethnicity with frequently blacks having the highest risk of later stage diagnosis, followed by Hispanics and whites being the referent group.
0: Very interesting. Now, a skeptic might say, okay, this is a huge study, 3.5 million cancer patients that you looked at. This all makes sense if you don't have insurance and, and you don't have access to care. Of course, this is going to be diagnosed at a later stage. What's the importance of this? Where do we go from here to improve this?
1: Well, I think there are a number of solutions, and most of those solutions revolve around finding ways to allow people who don't have health insurance and especially those who are poor and don't have health insurance, we need to find ways for those people to get access to health care, whether it's broadening our health insurance programs or broadening the network of facilities that provide care to people who don't have health insurance. It's hard to know what the exact solution is, but I think there's a lot of data now to support the fact that lack of health insurance really does have an impact on cancer diagnosis, and in particular, the likelihood of being diagnosed at an early versus a late stage. Two other things I should mention, because I think they're important, there is direct data looking at the rates of mammography and colorectal cancer screening in relation to insurance status. And those findings show that the probability of having mammography in the past two years is about twice among those with private insurance compared to those without health insurance mm-hmm. and and the trends are similar for colorectal cancer and that holds across levels of education so even if you have a college education if you're uninsured you have about half the probability of having had a mammogram in the last few years compared to a college-educated woman with health insurance. So it's pretty clear that the insurance is a major barrier both to recommended screening and to having a usual source of care, which can then result in early evaluation of symptoms. Mm -hmm. The one other thing that I think is important to talk about, we haven't talked a great deal about the findings in the Medicaid-insured patients. But I think it's important to understand that we really are not sure how to interpret those results because in most states, patients can be enrolled retroactively in Medicaid after a cancer diagnosis because with the cost of the treatment, they may meet the criteria for being medically needy for Mm -hmm. enrollment in Medicaid. We don't really know if the later stated diagnosis for Medicaid patients reflects the quality and consistency and availability of care for people who have long-term Medicaid insurance, or it reflects primarily the later enrollment of people who were really uninsured prior to the diagnosis.
0: So, there could be a bias there in the Medicaid data.
1: Right. So, that is something we definitely hope to do further studies of and essentially collect basic data on what percentage of patients in different states with different cancers are enrolled in the Medicaid programs after diagnosis versus before diagnosis, so we can really get a better handle on where the intervention point should be for that population.
0: If we go on the assumption that it is more costly to treat a cancer, particularly when it is diagnosed further along, than to prevent a cancer, expanding our coverage and access to care might make economic sense. Does that statement I just made hold water?
1: I think it does hold water and it holds even more water when you consider not just the direct costs of treatment, but also the economic costs. You know, if a patient has a stage 1 cancer and is cured by surgery and, you know, the patient goes back to work and is able to continue with their life and support their family and take care of their children versus someone who's diagnosed with stage 3 or 4 cancer who may be, you know, disabled for a long period of time. By the treatment even if they survive. So it's not just the direct medical care costs; it's also the impact of, you know, loss of productivity and loss of life that is significant.
0: Well, I want to thank Dr. Elizabeth Board from the American Cancer Society who has been outlining for us this impressive body of evidence now showing an association between lack of access to health care, possibly due to lack of insurance, and later stage diagnosis of 12 common cancers. This is Dr. Lee Friedman. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Listen all month as Reach MD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, as we feature a special series, Focus on Cancer.